Praise the Lord. Isn't it good to be in God's house? I mean, you could be outside. I mean, who wants to be out in that weather? I mean, come on. Uh, God is good, isn't he? Uh, we, are, we have so many things going on. I'm so excited about next weekend. Uh, Pastor Herhays will be with us uh, on Saturday and Sunday. He is going to be phenomenal. So I would encourage you to, uh, to come, participate, be a part and, and uh, grow in the knowledge of how to share the gospel with other people around you. Isn't that important? You know, the Bible does, did tell us, Jesus said, go into all the world. And uh, so we are commanded to go. So you need to have something to say when you go. And it's important to be able to, um, to, be able to say the right words to the right people at the right time. So we are, on, we are on a series called We Are the Church. We are the church. I know that um, Pastor Andrew did a great job last week, didn't he, talking about the love of God and, and being able to love one another. And that is what the church is supposed to be doing. But there are a variety of different elements in the church that, that we need to look at and say, this is who we are. This is what we identify with. If you go to uh, different countries around the world, every country kind of has their own identity. Americans are no different. If you go to a lot of countries, they, they think Americans are loud. We are. Uh, and, you know, and there, it's, you know, you can tell if you're in another country, and I've, I've said this before, when we go to, we go to France, we try to talk uh, to people in French because we, uh, because, you know, we want to try to blend in. We want to fit in. And, and we all, we, Nancy and I, will get like two words out and they'll look at us and say, oh, Americans. And that's the end of the French because they want to practice their American English. So it's important that there are these certain identities that, that every group has, and, and the church is no different. And I want to talk to you about something today that is essential to Christian living. If you want to be part of the body of Christ, if you want to be effective in life and service to God, you have to have this, and yet you can't obtain it on your own. I want to talk to you today about righteousness. Isn't that a scary word? The church is the righteousness of God in the world. If there's anything right in the world, it's God's family, it's God's church. And being righteous is essential for a victorious life in Christ. You cannot serve God and be effective and not be righteous. It's something that you have to have. I want to talk to you about why we need righteousness. What is righteousness and how to receive righteousness. So what, why we need it? Why do we want it? Well, righteousness, the scripture says, changes nations. Proverbs 14, 34 says, righteousness exalts a nation, but sin is a disgrace to any people. Righteousness will exalt this nation 
I know I've had a lot of people come to me and they'll say, well, well, pastor, our nation is in trouble, and I agree with them. There are many nations around the world that are in trouble, but legislation won't change the situation because you can have any law that you want, but righteousness exalts a nation. When people do what is right, that's what changes that nation. That's what changes that group of people. That's what brings the blessings of God. The Bible says that righteousness exalts, lifts up a nation. Do you realize that righteousness makes our prayers effective? Do you want to have an effective prayer? Do you want to have your prayers not only heard but answered by God? James 5:16 says the prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. Your prayer is powerful and effective if you are a righteous person. It requires us to have a segment of righteousness in us to be able to have an effective prayer. Righteousness guides our daily life. Not only, not only does it lift up nations, not only does it uh, allow our prayers to be powerful and effective, but righteousness guides our daily life. 1 Peter 2, 24 says, uh, so that we might die to sin and live for righteousness. We can have a powerful power-packed, spirit-filled, spirit-led life, we can live in a righteous manner. So righteousness not only affects where we live and not only affects what we pray for, but it also affects how we live. Righteousness encompasses everything about us. That's why it's so important to be righteous. What is righteousness? Well, I'm so glad that you asked because back in the 70s and the 80s, it was, if something was righteous, it was just good. I've seen righteous movies. I've eaten righteous pizza. But that's the slang terminology. The, the real definition of righteousness is acting in accordance with divine or moral law. It's not just action, but it's also intent. It's both. It's being free from guilt and sin. It's being morally right or justified. There's an age-old enemy uh, of faith that keeps God's people from walking in the righteous relationship with, with Christ that, that we want. Paul alludes to this in Galatians chapter, chapter 5. Because he had established the church and he had established it in righteousness. He had established this church in, in, a, in a relationship with Christ. And then there were those that, that came along and they wanted to, to bring in the Old Testament law. They wanted to bring in the Mosaic law also. And, and Paul was looking at it and saying, guys, you cannot mix the law and grace. You cannot put them together. And, and so this is what Paul says to the church. And I want to look at this passage for a moment and be able to uh, come away with a better understanding of why we need righteousness and what it is and how we can get it in our lives. He said, you who are trying to be justified by the law have been alienated from Christ. 
I want you to let that sink in for a minute. You who are trying to be justified by the law have been alienated from Christ. You have fallen away from grace. Paul is saying you, that he's talking to Christians. He's saying Christians are trying to be justified by the law and you've become alienated from Christ. Christians that try to achieve righteousness by code or conduct of the law of Moses. In other words, if you're trying to live a moral life to attain a relationship with God, you'll never achieve it. But he also says that Christians that trust in righteousness that comes through Christ. He is looking at it and he's saying, you, Christians, there's two types of Christians, those that are trying to to follow after God by a moral conduct and those that are trying to follow after God and be righteous through a relationship with Jesus Christ. See, both the law and faith in Christ are modes or ways to try to enter into the presence of God and both have the same objective and goal I have never seen anybody that tried to live a moral decent life on their own that they're that they they were doing it for the wrong uh, reason they had a goal their goal was I want to be close to God the problem is it doesn't work scripture tells us that no one no one can follow after the law so so and be righteous so there the law is righteous but the people that are trying to adhere to the law are not righteous so how do we incorporate righteousness in us if no one is righteous but only those that follow or adhere the faith in Christ achieve this desired goal and to fall from grace is to lose perfection in our relationship with God Paul is not telling these Christians that, that have, that have uh, tried to follow after Christ and the law that they, that they are losing out with God, but he is saying your relationship with God, your righteousness that is found in Christ, you are alienated. Your relationship with him has been severed. It's been damaged. You cannot hear from God if you're trying to justify yourself by how you live. Your justification in relationship to righteousness has to come through a personal relationship with Jesus. He said you have fallen away. Trying to earn your way to God by good works will never achieve our desired goal. Using or living by the law is an attempt to earn our way to God. You know, there's, there are so many people in our lives that, that do that. And, and there's, you know, we, we try to do right to earn our way to get into the presence of God. But in reality, we can never achieve that. You can never achieve getting into the God's presence to earn God's uh, his re- relationship with him by doing good. That's the reason why Christ came. Christ came and died for us so that we could have a relationship with him. And it's in that relationship with Christ that we do good works. We don't do good works to get to God. We do good works because we are with God. You say, well, what's the difference? 
One is attempting to get to God on your own. The other one is that God has come to us. And it's in that relationship with him. It's hanging out with God that, that changes us on the inside and produces what we call righteousness on the outside. It's important. Paul goes on to say that if you accept one part of the old covenant, just one part, you have to accept all of the old covenant. Can you imagine trying to earn your way to God by just doing everything right? That simply means you don't have any bad thoughts ever. How many's never had a bad thought today? The Bible says that no one's ever been justified by the law. Can't do it. You can't be right in the eyes of the law. You can't be righteous. At Romans 3.10, it says, As it is written, there is no one righteous, not even one. No one's ever been righteous by following the law. And you say, well, is the law bad? No, the law's not bad. It's just that we don't have the ability to follow the law. The law is righteous. The law itself is a description of the, of the character of God himself. We can't, we can't live up to the law because we don't have the character of God. Look what Isaiah 64 says. All of us have become like one who is unclean and all of our righteous acts are like filthy rags. We have all shriveled up like a leaf and like the wind, our sins have swept us away. Isaiah is even talking to us. Jesus looked at the, the Pharisees and said, you're great on the outside, but on the inside, you're like dead men's bones. He, he was trying to help them understand that you can't be righteous on the inside by moral conduct on the outside. It takes something on the inside to produce a quality relationship on the outside. When we try to adhere to God just by, just by the way we live. And you say, well, does it matter the way we live? Yes, it does. But it also matters why we live that way. If you're trying to live well to get to God, you're missing the point. That will never be good enough. That's why Christ came so we could have a relationship with him. He came to us while we were dead in our trespasses and sins. He didn't wait for us to try to be morally pure. He came to us where we were, what we were doing, and, and away from him, and he came to us. And when we said, Lord, we need you, he pardoned us and forgave us and cleansed us from all unrighteousness. Not some unrighteousness, but all unrighteousness. See, our, our righteousness is not found in what we do, but it's in found in what he did. We cannot have righteousness on our own in this life. The only time that we can have righteousness is when we are adhering to what the, the word of God is telling us in our lives. It's through Christ that we have righteousness. It's not our own, but it is his. Let's read what the, the second verse says. He said, For through the Spirit we eagerly await 
by faith the righteousness for which we hope. How many want to be righteous? Don't you want to be righteous? I do. You know, wouldn't it be great to always have pure motives, pure intentions, pure thoughts, pure actions, that you never think negative of anybody, you never have a, a missed moment, you never have a missed thought, you never have a, an incorrect communication, that everything you do is morally right and morally pure, that you're always in right standing with, and in favor with God and man? Would that be amazing? You're not going to get it in this life. Sorry. Just not going to happen. Paul said, we through the Spirit eagerly await by faith the righteous for which we hope. When Christ comes back and we're transformed, the Bible says that, that we're going to be changed to be like him. You know, and I've mentioned this so many times, that, but it's important to understand that it's not just the eternal life that we're really awaiting on. It's not just that new body that won't die that, that we are awaiting on, but we will finally shed this sinful nature, this nature that we have that is contrary to what God wants, that, that always keeps us in, in a turmoil that we're fighting for what God wants versus what, what we want to do and, and, and it will finally get rid of that and you will truly be righteous you will be a righteous creation free from sin let me say that again you will be a righteous creation free from sin when that happens do you have your new body do you still have a sinful nature then you can't be truly righteous on your own only then when God gives us a new body that is free from sin free from sin free from sin no longer any immorality found within us nor desire to have immorality found within us that's when we will be truly righteous on our own and it's a gift from God that he will give to us until then what do we do do we live in unrighteousness God forbid so where does our righteousness come from? Through the Spirit. We eagerly await by faith. Through the Spirit. If that same Spirit that dwelled in Christ dwell in you. It's the Spirit of God in us that gives us righteousness. It is not on our own. It's not, it's not something that we can work on. It's not something that we can conjure on our own. It's through the Spirit that lives in you. If you're a child of God, that Spirit that lives in you, that was given to you, that Holy Spirit that lives and dwells in you is the only righteousness that you have. And it's when we adhere to the voice of the Spirit in our life, it's accounted to us as righteousness see righteousness has always come by faith in and trusting in what God's word says Noah 
found grace in the eyes of the Lord. Noah was a preacher of righteousness, and it wasn't because he, he was so uh, morally good on the inside, but he believed God, trusted God, and acted on what God said. And the Bible says because he believed God, trusted God, had faith in God, and moved on what God said, it was accounted to him as righteousness. Abraham, God spoke to Abram and said, Abram, get out of your house, get out of your, get out of your country, leave your family and go, and I'm going to give you this other place, and I'm going to give you, and your, your descendants are going to be as the stars of the sky and as the sand of the sea. That's how big your, your family is going to be. And Abraham believed God, and it was accounted to him for righteousness. Rahab, others, when we, when we act in accordance with what God has said to us in his word, then, and we act on it, not just believe it. James said, I will show you, if you show me your faith without works, I will show you my faith by my works, because faith without works is dead. So how do we get this this righteousness in us righteousness being justified come through faith for in the gospel Romans 1:17 for in the gospel a righteousness from God is revealed a righteousness that is by faith from first to last just as it is written the righteous will live by faith the righteous will live by faith notice it doesn't say the righteous will have faith the righteous um, are righteous and then they just do because they are righteous no your righteousness is developed it's created it's it's accounted to your life when you live by faith in Jesus Christ our righteousness doesn't come from our own, just the same way as our forgiveness doesn't come from our own. Our, our pardon didn't come from our own. Our, we could not have redeemed ourselves. We couldn't, we couldn't justify ourselves in the eyes of God. But Christ came, and he died. He shed his blood, and now we are pardoned, and we are set free because of what Christ did. And it's our faith in what Christ did. Are you with me? That pardons us, that sets us free. There are many people that have heard the story of Jesus. And many said, I don't believe it. Just because you hear it doesn't mean that you're pardoned. But it's when we hear it, we're obedient to it, and we enter into a relationship with God. <coughs> Jeez, that's when... That's when righteousness is accredited to us. It's through faith you believe it. And now that righteousness comes through obedience to the Spirit of the Lord. Notice that the Spirit spoke to Paul and told him to go to Philippi, and he was obedient. The Spirit of the Lord will speak to us I will tell you that the Spirit of the Lord will never contradict the Word of God. 
I will say that again. If the Lord is speaking to you and it's not in the Word of God, it could be that pepperoni pizza you had at 10 o'clock last night. How does the Lord speak to us and how is it considered righteousness? Well, a lot of 99% of the, word, of the will of God is found in the Word of God. You believe it. You adhere to it. You trust it. But there's that 1% that, that or some people say 10% of your life where you, you're standing in, 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 in Walmart and, and you have this impression to just go strike up a conversation with that person. Or, or you're like our, our good friend Dennis that is stopped at the, at the red light and sees somebody throw a bag of trash out of their car. And he said, the Spirit of the Lord spoke to him and said, get out and pick that up. You know how humiliating that would be? And he did it. See, you never know who else is watching. You never know the reason why a lot of the things that, that we are inspired to do in this life. And it's not, it's when you stand before the Lord and he's not going to ask you uh, how many churches you've built or how many uh, people you brought to him. He's just going to say, did you do what I asked you to do? And the amazing thing is, it's in the small things that you, that you feel impressed and you say, well, how does God speak to you? He speaks to you in a way that you understand. He said, my sheep know my voice. If you, if you trust in him, if you believe in him, if you listen to his voice, he will never lead you astray. His voice never contradicts his written word. So, let some point at some point in our life if you want to develop that relationship with God if you want to be obedient to the spirit and have it accredited to you as righteousness it's because the spirit just of, of the Lord is working on us on the inside that produces things on the outside there are some things that that we are asked to do and we don't understand at the moment but I remember a time when when I had five dollars to my name, five dollars, and I was hanging out with that five dollars. Me and that five dollars, we had, we had things to do. And, and I remember a guy came up to the church and said, "Man, I'm trying to get, I'm trying to get home. I'm, I'm almost out of gas, and I just need like five dollars gas to get there." And I, my first thought was, "You're not getting my five dollars." is that that's my friend and I felt impressed to give him five dollars so and so I'm talking with him and, and I'm and I'm wrestling with it on you ever do that you're talking to somebody but you're wrestling on the inside on what to do so I finally said okay I'm gonna be obedient so I, I gave it to him and when he reached out to grab it I just hung on to it because I, I knew I wanted to be obedient, but I also wanted to get my way too. 
And I said, now you're not going to spend this on drugs or alcohol or anything else. It's going in the gas tank. And he said, yes, sir. And I said, man, this is my last $5. Because I wanted him to know it was my sacrifice because I was a little self-righteous too. Uh, so I finally let go. He drove off. I pray to God that he, uh, he did what he said he was going to do. But if he didn't, that was between him and, and God. What was between me and God it wasn't the fact that I just had five dollars. It was something that he was working on the inside of me. I remember leaving him and I walked into the church, began to pray, and I felt the presence of God just hit me. And I could hear his voice say, Well done. You see, righteousness is not just something you do externally on the outside. It's, it's being obedient to the Spirit on the inside because the Spirit is changing us and, and evolving us and making us more like Christ. So we're going to be there one day when we get that new body. We're going to be truly righteous, and that's going to be a beautiful thing. But until then, when we trust in the Spirit of the Lord in us, and we're obedient to him and he and we allow him through circumstances and situations to transform us on the inside we can say by faith we're living a righteous life that's what we're looking so whatever you may be facing today, I'm going to ask our praise team to come back. Whatever you're facing, whatever you're walking through, whatever circumstances that may be uh, in your life, I want to encourage you to obey the voice of God. Look at the Word. Make sure that you're adhering to the Word, not just to be able to say, look what I'm doing, but trusting God in him and it's through that faith in him and obedience to his spirit in your life that you will find that you are being transformed and and it will be accounted to you as righteousness not your own but Christ in you would you stand with me I am looking at a group of people that God is smiling on right now. He's smiling on you because he knows of all of his creation, you are the best looking that he has ever made. He knows you. He knows your potential. He smiles on you because you have given your life to him and he knows what he's going to transform you into. We think we're going to be happy. And here's the Lord. He's smiling on us and he's just simply saying, hey, trust me. Just trust me. When you hear my voice in your life, trust me. Allow the work of my spirit to transform you. And when my spirit transforms you, you will be closer to me. You will love me more. You will feel my presence more. And you will catch a glimpse of the glory of your Creator.
Let me encourage you today. God loves you. And he loves us too much to keep us where we are. He's constantly trying to change us. So I don't know what $5 that God is, that you're trying to hold on to. I don't know what it is. Maybe it's an attitude. Uh, or, or maybe it's just a, a preference. Or, or maybe it's a situation that you're just not wanting to surrender. I don't know what it is, but I do know this. As long as that $5 is in your hand, you're not going to grow. But when you learn to let it go, that's when God blesses us. Father, we thank you. For-